Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am David Walker, and we're doing the voicemails for the Panthers game. And I'm a little... <laughs> I, I have to tell you guys, you, you have some colorful thoughts coming off of that Falcons loss. Joining me is not our normal co-host for this podcast. Uh, Gina is tied up. Uh, with moving fun uh, instead we got our second best option um, actually we had to cancel him and we went with well a third or four we went with another option and joining us from the falcoholic is none other than matt chambers matt do you love your intro or, or you sort of expect it from me at this point you know I'm, I'm i guess i'm glad i uh i was just the only person who wasn't doing anything uh so i could <laughs> i could fill in everyone else had uh apparently they had rich uh, uh you know family lives and friendships and things that got in the way of jumping on and i uh i didn't have anything going on nothing just we waiting around for uh someone to uh contact me so now i'm on this podcast yes um sort of like tripping on the carpet and uh landing somewhere you didn't intend um but thank you. Thank you for joining me for this podcast, because this is going to be a lot of fun. We've got several voicemails, so we're just going to jump into it with our first one. And uh, Matt, if you're not familiar, we're just going to listen to these and then uh, give our thoughts and reactions. First one's up. Hey, guys. This is Ben from Atlanta, uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. Thank you for this. Uh, first of all, you know, not a unsurprising loss at all. Um, if you've been watching the Falcons for more than a couple of years. So let's skip ahead. I'm curious about Ridley. Um, he's missed this. This is the second game he's been out because of uh, personal issues. I've seen people speculate that it's because of mental health. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't know that. It's just personal issues. Um, first of all, I hope the guy's okay. Um, obviously, I have no idea what's going on. Just curious if you guys had any insights. Um, has the player ever missed a game for personal issues, come back in the next game, and then miss the second game? Um, obviously, you know, I really have no business to know what's uh, what's going on with Calvin, but just kind of curious what your takes are. Thanks. Yeah, so Matt, um, you actually reported on his Twitter Um the day of the game, I believe, or it was either after the game or on Monday. Um, but I think Calvin did confirm that this is mental health related, right? Uh, yes, that, that is uh, pretty much correct. Uh, he, he posted that, I think it was in the third or fourth quarter of the game, actually. So it was oh, a, yeah. little bit, uh, a little bit of a surprising timing, but, you know, obviously something he, uh, you know, uh, something he had to say. Uh, but, you know, as far as, Having that happen previously, I, I can't personally recall, um, you know, someone come, someone missing some time coming back, then uh, um, then 
you know, say missing another game, but, you know, we are kind of dealing with a little bit of a new, um, uh, I guess kind of a new approach on mental health, because I mean, even yeah. just a few years ago, um, you know, I, you know, I want to say like, you might've had like Brandon Brooks. He was, uh, I think he's still a guard for the Eagles. Like I know he missed, uh, he missed a game or two for mental health and it was, uh, you know, kind of a big to do at the time because, uh, you know, it was, it was so rare, but now you have say mul- multiple players who, um, are saying like, look, I put my mental health over, um, this sport or, you know, uh, against this tilt against the Carolina Panthers of, uh, of all things. So it's, uh, you know, we're, we're a little bit in new territory here. Yeah. Um, it, the timing was crazy with the Lane Johnson story, um, landing on Fox before the Falcons game. And of course he's probably the most recent example of a player who took time off. Um, except his was extended. His was for several games and, um, and he talked about it in, in great detail. If you haven't seen that, you know, go check out Fox Sports. I think they have that video up there. Um, but yeah, I think to your point, this is really the first time I can remember where, te- where we've got multiple players now taking time off for this. And I think it's a good thing because we've seen the repercussions of guys not taking time away and sort of pushing through it and how that can have lasting uh, damage on, on their psyche. So uh, we're all for Calvin taking the time off that he needs. Um, and to be clear, I, I said this on Twitter and I want to clarify this. We unfortunately did get quite a few voicemails from folks who were, who had very strong negative opinions towards Calvin Ridley. Um, you will not be hearing those on this podcast. Uh, you will not be hearing any of those on this podcast at any point in the future. Um, so for those who do call in, I want you to know uh, if you intend to leave a message like that, it, it will get ignored. It'll get deleted and you won't have a voice here. Uh, just to be very clear about that. Um, all right. So we've answered that. Let's go to the next one. Hey, guys. This is uh, Duncan again. God, this team fucking pisses me off. <laughs> I, was, uh, I felt sick pretty much the entire game. Um, I, I don't know. I had like some positives I wanted to talk about. And then as the game kept going on, I was just thinking about how just how absolutely frustrating it is just watching this this team the defense was awful they could not stop the run at all it was infuriating um and it's as far as the offense goes i mean there was so much pressure on on matt i don't know if that was bad offensive line play or just their defense just showed up so so strong i mean they do have a good defense but fuck um (laughs) And I mean that I mean the Panthers, not not the Falcons. Um, we knew what you meant. And when you have to rely on, you know, Tajay Sharp to be the one that's that's catching, you know, majority of the important passes. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, I I guess I was you know fooled once again that this would have been not an easy win, but it would have been a win. Um, and I do that to myself uh, every single week. And I feel like the Falcons just have a habit of making um, bad teams look good. And, you know, I feel like the past four weeks have been, you know, get right games for teams. And, you know, we are always that team. And luckily, I mean, we, we squeaked one against the Jets. We squeaked one against Miami. And then, you know, the, the uh, Panthers. Um, obviously, you know, they won 
and hats off to them, I guess. Um, anyways, I just, I just fucking annoyed. And, uh, but whatever. <laughs> Thanks again for all that you all do. I love the, I love these voicemails. I love the people that call in. You know, are funny as hell. Anyways. Um, yeah. Talk to you guys next week. Um, we've talked about this, Matt, the, the point he made about the Falcons making bad teams look good. <laughs> that, that's, that's not just a 2021 uh, comment. That is a, uh, uh, you know, say take out 2016 and maybe 2012. And I think we've talked about this for every year for the last 15 years. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, we have faced guys who probably all should have been backup quarterbacks with the exception maybe of like Tom Brady, but we made Jalen Hurts, uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, I can't even remember the Taylor Heineke. Uh, like I think he's you know he's the uh, Washington's uh, quarterback still. I don't know. Maybe they benched him. Who knows? Um, uh, he, he's still in there, I think. Yeah. So we make them all all look like all pros. Sam Darnold has a bounce back game against us um, after looking like the worst quarterback in the league. It didn't um, work out too well for Sam Darnold though. <laughs> no, no, he uh, we, we did get the one shot on him, you know, and then we got to see PJ Walker uh, score a touchdown, so that was great too. Um, <laughs> PJ Walker's pretty good, <laughs> well, against the Falcons defense, he is. <laughs> it's like he, he came out of um, PJ Walker, he was from that, uh, was he from X, the XFL? <laughs> was he? Oh my god. Did we get I beat by it? XFL, or he was from one of those other leagues, but it looked like he was playing an XFL defense on Sunday. <laughs> oh, I, I legitimately think we could upgrade our defense by grabbing some XFL personnel right now. Um, we we may need to get on that. Oh man, Duncan, great point. Uh, appreciate the call. <laughs> Oh, he's, got, he's got good points. This team fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. like, yes. I can't. I, I I don't have anything else to say past that. He's he, he really covered he covered it really well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. This is gonna be this could be glorious. All right, next voicemail. This is Kendra calling in all the way from Warner Robins, Georgia. Um, currently sitting in my truck because I don't want my girlfriend to see me crying about this Falcons performance. <laughs> <laughs> This was a pretty bad game uh, from both sides of the ball. Um, Falcons defensive line didn't get any push against the bad Panthers offensive line. Um, Panthers kind of just ran the ball down our throat the whole game. We knew it was coming, still couldn't stop it. Um, Defensive backs made a couple plays, but ultimately not enough to win this game. Um, Offense... Offensive line finally came crashing back down to earth. Maron faced a lot of pressure this entire game. Um, and outside of Pitts being doubled the whole game, just goes to show that this team doesn't have a, another receiving threat uh, to step up when Pitts is being doubled and Ridley's not playing. Um, this is an ugly game by Matt. As much as I love and support him, um, he'll be the first to tell you this is probably his worst game of the season. Um, nothing we can do now, but 
back to square one on to next week. Thank you guys. Yeah. I, uh, when we looked at the PFF grades, Matt Ryan actually scored the sixth highest grade, which tells you just how bad the rest of the offense was. Wasn't it still like a failing grade? Like I, yeah, I it was number. It was still like a sixty something. Yeah, it was like a it was like a sixty five. Um, no, so, that's still passing. That's how I got through high school. <laughs> oh man, and that that was the fifth or sixth highest grade. So yeah, he he would have been like you know on your level in high school, which is still probably not good. To be fair, <laughs> it, it, could, it could have been better. Uh, you, he did bring up two really good points um, uh, that at least one of them I hadn't considered. And that was that was Carolina being able to just effortlessly, effortlessly run the ball, which is something that, uh, you know, Atlanta should have expected because I believe Matt Rule said um, after Sam Darnold's disaster game the week before, he said, you know, he, he said we, we have to run the ball more with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold cannot be throwing this much you know, more or less because Sam Darnold's not that good. Uh, he didn't say that last part, but, um, you know, the Panthers told you, hey, we're going to be running the ball. We don't have Christian McCaffrey. Um, we have, um, we have, I don't know. They, they, they have a couple guys. I honestly couldn't tell you who was running the ball for Carolina. Um, <laughs> having just seen the game, but it's, uh, it's, it, it's just very disappointing to see that. Like, uh, like you said, Carolina, bad offensive line. Um, running back talent, not there. You're not worried about Sam Darnold throwing deep on you. Um, so I, you know, just a very, very bad game plan there. Um, a, another good point was the, the offensive line. I think yes. I saw a stat where Matt Ryan was, uh, pressured on, uh, I think like 56, 57% of his dropbacks or something, which is not a, um, just not, <laughs> not a recipe for success. Um, so, you know, hopefully we see a bounce back game from the offensive line um, yeah. at some point coming up, but we do have a number of tough teams uh, coming up as well. So uh, yeah. I think we'll, we'll a little bit, a little bit more trial, trial by fire coming up. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping that it was an anomaly because the guys who like did the poorest on the offensive line are normally our best players like Jake Matthews and Chris Lindstrom were two of the lowest graded players. So I'm now, hoping Caleb and Gary was the, the top graded one. And that's, I don't think that's ever happened in his entire career. It has never once happened. In his no, entire don't career. Really fact check that, but I, I don't think that's happened. Oh, I did. I went back and checked. He has never been our highest graded offensive lineman ever. Not oh, once. I thought that was just a uh, off color joke. There we are. Um, <laughs> nope. You can't, you can't even joke about this team because a lot of it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was like inverse day for the offensive line when Caleb McGarry is killing it and Chris Lindstrom and Jake Matthews are struggling. So, yeah, that, that was a fresh new hell I wasn't expecting. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, sorry, sorry, I don't, I don't want to go too far into it, but uh, McGarry, wasn't he, he, he? He was up against some good defenders. Like, I feel like he, he took yeah. snaps and burns. Um, they, they, they've got another. Hassan uh, Reddick. Yep. Oh yeah, that's that's exactly who I was forgetting. Reddick has been on fire this year. Um, so and a half sacks. Of, actually, this is pro- this probably reminds me of um, McGarry against uh, Cameron Jordan uh, of the Saints. I don't think it was last year, but I think it was the year before where he had one game where he literally shut down Jordan. He had he had no sacks. He might have had like half a tackle or something. And you're like, yep. maybe this guy, maybe this guy can do it. And then three weeks later, uh, I, I think Jordan had like five sacks or something. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a very small, 
um, window of time where I was quite optimistic about uh, a right tackle. Yeah, that sounds a lot like the Falcons experience. (laughs) Small window of optimism quickly dashed. (laughs) All right. Next voicemail. Hey, this is Jim and Hushin. That was definitely a ghoulish game. Uh, what can I say? Uh, first of all, Calvin Ridley, uh, praying for you, brother. Whatever's going on, it's more important than football, it seems. So we have to put that in perspective. Now, about the game, you could pretty much see at the onset, you know, when we, when we – get only three points after a fumble first play of the game, how it was going to go. The, uh, the line, the line of scrimmage was dominated through the whole game by Carolina. And you saw that and it showed badly. It showed we did, we did not look good at all. They were running for chunk after chunk of yardage. And who was that quarterback we were playing against? Was that Michael Vick? I mean, <laughs> come on, guys. I have never seen, uh, even in our bad teams, I've never seen quarterbacks rack up yardage like this year. Anyway, not much to say about that. I think uh, to recap what the very first voicemail left on these podcasts uh, was, that game was a wet fart. <laughs> at Chile beforehand, and my grandkids having poaching their Halloween candy as I hand it out right now. Go Braves! Take care. <laughs> oh, I love Jim. Thank you, Jim, uh, for that voicemail. You know, Matt, one of the things you pointed out getting bullied on both uh, sides of the line of scrimmage. Um, the Panthers have like a really bad offensive line and yet they were running for like six yards per carry in the second half. So that's also demoralizing just to add on to how bad this loss was. Well, you know, someone has to win that matchup. It's a little (laughs) bit of like the, uh, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object, um, except both, you know, switch both of those because it's, it's a terrible Atlanta (laughs) defensive line. Like, um, quite honestly, like remove Greedy Jarrett and all, all these guys are backups. They're not even hundred percent. Yeah, They're not even close to like pushing for, um, uh, you know, pushing to start. Uh, so it, it was definitely disappointing to see them look so awful against a bad offensive line, a bad offense, uh, just, you know, <laughs> just, just completely devoid of playmakers. Uh, yeah. Demoralizing is a good, good, good word for it. Yeah. Nope. A hundred percent. All right, a couple more voicemails before we go to break. Hey, man, appreciate you taking my call and voicemail. Well, here's here's the deal. You can't go into a game expecting to have your number one wide receiver and then him not come out and show out. Not saying anything against the guy, but he's got to be in there. Number two, you're down at the end of the game. You need two scores, and you're in field goal range, and you have two timeouts regardless. You need to go ahead and kick the field goal and then kick off. They had their backup quarterback in. There's no reason they should not have kicked the field goal and then went and played defense with the backup quarterback in and tried to get a stop. It is unacceptable. They had two timeouts. It's not a good football team. We're not going places, but it still matters. Thank you. 
Yeah, I, I left that first comment in because I, I think what he was addressing is that for from a game plan standpoint, if you're going in expecting that your wide receiver one is going to be there, uh, it's going to throw your game plan off. And I think that's fair. Um, you know, I don't think it's about blaming Calvin, um, but if the Falcons went in with a, a game plan and then you have a last second scratch, um, you know, that that probably had an influence on how the offense looked in the game. And hopefully it'll look different going into the Saints game because they'll you know have a little bit more of a game plan, be ready for it. Um, but yeah, he brought up the point as well to <laughs> close off with, this is not a good team. No, no, it's not, Matt. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah, so missing Ridley at the last minute is definitely tough because even, even when you have pits, um, th- this is actually something I had uh, I-, I discussed with a Panthers fan last week, where I, I figured at some point we're going to start seeing bracket coverage on Pitts, or he- he's going to be getting a lot more attention one way or another, and he's not going to be able to rack up, uh, you know, these 150 yard games or something like that. Uh, so if you if you neutralize him, you have a couple other potential X factors in there. You you have Calvin Ridley, you have Cordell Patterson. Uh, after that, you don't have a whole lot. So if Calvin Ridley's out, um, you know, the, the defense can focus a little bit more on uh, Cordell Patterson when he's in. And then yep. after that, like, you, you really can just let these other guys, uh, um, you know, <laughs> you're, you're not going to get beat too often by Lee Smith or, um, it, you know, a, a lot of these other players. So it, it really does it, it really does hurt your versatility. And that's, uh, you know, the, that is something that, Arthur Smith's offense uh, really runs on. It's just uh, that that, creati- that creativity, that versatility, that be- mm-hmm. being able to distribute the ball um, all around. But you can't, uh, you know, you can't do that when your wide receiver one drops and you don't have anybody else in there to, uh, you know, take advantage of those matchups. Yeah, exactly. And I think last year, you know, when Julio got injured and was out for you know several games, you know, you had a Calvin to drop back to and. Uh, to deliver because he was still a top quality receiver. Uh, and this year we went from Calvin to Tajay Sharp. And again, no, uh, no shade at Tajay. He's good at what he does, uh, but he is not a wide receiver one. And neither is, you know, Russell Gage. These guys are better as complimentary receivers that uh, can take advantage of a one-on-one occasionally. And, uh, but yeah, they're not, they're not commanding respect from the safeties and, you know, from the top corner, and it, it does. It gives a, that defense the ability to focus on uh, Pitts and Patterson and dare you. They dare you to beat them with Tajay Sharp. And, uh, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> I don't, this isn't even a joke. I, I was a little bit impressed with Tajay Sharp. I, uh, he did well. I was, I was not supportive of the signing, and I, I wasn't, like, ecstatic that he remained on the roster. But, uh, you know, uh, as far as like a terrible offensive performance goes, he was one of the little bright spots. And I was, you know, happy to see him catching the ball. And, you know, I, I guess that's really all I'm hoping for now from uh, uh, everybody outside of Pitts and Calvin Ridley, but I'm, just you know, catch I'm it. happy enough. <laughs> Please just catch the ball. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds, it, it sounds easy, but uh, some of these players make it look real tough. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, they do. All right. Um, last one before we go to the break. Hey, guys. Big fan of the show and everything in general. We need pass rush desperately. That has got to be the top priority come April. 
and wide receiver and interior defensive line and corner and offensive line. <laughs> Probably another running back too. Tank for Kayvon Thibodeau and Drake Jackson. Rise up. <laughs> I think he only listed like three quarters of the positions on the field, Matt. I thought he was just going down like the uh, like, like the roster. He's like, yeah, this is, this is a new position. We'll need someone there. This sucks. This sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah this which, sucks too. Which, which, fair enough, especially after these bad games, like a lot of it becomes super apparent. Um, that defensive line, uh, the, the wide receivers, uh, really the pass catchers, uh, there, there's so so much of it. Like every every game is a whole nother look where you're like, oh man, these safeties are so bad, or mm-hmm. something else, and you're like, we we need a running back. We need someone who can run the ball. Um, so I, I I feel his pain. Yeah, and that was a good list. <laughs> like I have no. It was. It was. I have no qualms with his list. So a hundred percent, man. Let's do um, the analysis. Yeah, <laughs> that's better than what you get at the Falcoholic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh god now i'm shitting on our own site the things have certainly gone south i, uh, I, th- I think you're you're the one writing some of those but um you know to that point you've got you've got a good point i think your, your analysis <laughs> is not not good not good yeah well i've, I've never yeah i'm, I'm kind of hurt now but um I'm, I'm gonna take a breath we're gonna regather and in that time we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I am joined by Matt Chambers, and we're listening to your voicemails in the aftermath of the Falcon stinker at home against the Panthers um, all right, let's just jump into our next voicemail. Uh, familiar voice. Hey, guys, it's the Fat Falcon. I'm a little one little weather, so bear with me. I don't have much to say about the team. I really wanted to say uh, rest in peace to Jovita Moore. She was a uh, great a great uh, media personality in the city, and I was a huge fan, and I even got a signed Jovita poster. Um. Got got a lot of memorabilia. She was a uh, beautiful woman and beautiful soul, and she did a lot for the city. So rest in peace to her and uh, the Braves. I need them to finish this job, man, and bring home this championship. Got good news for you. We need some kind of hope. 
some kind of sunlight to hit, then a bunch of dark clouds. The Falcons, uh, I'm sure you're going to hear it all, so I'm not going to harp on them too bad. Uh, you know, it's just – it is what it is, man. We, we can't even, you know, can't even get our receivers to come, you know, that we can't even get them to come play. That's how depressing this team is. Oh, God. The, uh, ask me, do we have to keep paying Ridley? I mean, do we have to, like, is, is he done for the year? I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. You know, I, I'm, I'm all for, you know, getting taking time and getting your, taking care of your chicken, like Marshawn Lynch used to say. Even though that was money, he's taking care of his mental chicken. Um, the Braves are here because they made the moves at the at the right time. You know, at the the trade deadline. I know it's coming up. It'll probably this will probably play after the deadline. But you know, maybe Terry can make some moves to keep the team relevant. Our schedule coming up is you know, winnable games. You got the Saints, Cowboys. They got their backup quarterbacks. Then you know we. If Matt can get that fire back under him and get the offensive line back blocking, you know, a defense wasn't terrible. I mean, we held him to like four or five field goals. <coughs> um, but often, I mean, nothing ever clicks. No, it's, it's always one or the other. Nothing ever clicks as a totality, man. So let's just see what uh, Terry can do if they do anything. Either they're going to blow it up or they're going to try to bring in some help. But, you know, it's a kind of a time to shit or get off the pot. All right, guys, talk to y'all next week. <laughs> oh, yeah. To clarify with Calvin's situation, it, this would be treated like an injury. So whatever his contract states for injury clause, he will continue to get paid. He'll continue to count towards the Falcon salary cap, just to be clear on that. Um, and thank you for the note on Jovita Moore. Uh, she was – Absolutely a legend in uh, Atlanta local sports or Atlanta local media um, and just an absolutely amazing woman. And of course we lost her this week. Uh, so thank you for pointing that out. And yeah, you know, Matt, um, as he was talking and, and going through, you know, this remaining schedule, like I'm at the point where I, I don't know that I'm going to pick the Falcons anymore <laughs> until they like consistently win and show us that they've got the ability to, not put up a game like this this past weekend? Uh, you know, I think that's a soft, or sorry, I think that's a safe bet coming up <laughs> because uh, the upcoming schedule is not anywhere near as easy if they can't beat Carolina in Atlanta. Uh, yeah. I, I think some of these upcoming games are, uh, they look significantly worse on paper. So I, I think it'll be tough to, I think it'll be tough to number one bet on them. I think it'd be, yeah, I think it'd be tough to bet on them, even with the, uh, uh, you know, even against betting odds against the spread and things like that. I think, <laughs> um, you know, they, they need, uh, I don't even know what they need. This is the thing that's been driving me a little bit crazy. It's not like, oh, you know, they're, they're like one player away or they need like one person back from injury. It's like your, your defense is still really bad. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the offense looks really good and Ryan's playing in it well. And then other times the offensive line can't block and, uh, you know, if, if, if you make, if you make Matt Ryan uncomfortable enough, especially early on in the game, that's, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's a little tough for him to kind of battle back from that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm more of thinking, 
long term. I think it'll be, you know, it'll be another off season, if not, uh, if not two before, you know, they, they really have that personnel in place. They have that scheme running to the point where they are competing against some of these top teams that they're about to play uh, yeah. coming up here soon. So, uh, so Saints on deck, who knows, who knows what ha- what's going to happen with that, with their quarterback situation. But uh, you know, as we saw with PJ Walker, I think we do in fact know what the end result is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they do get back Taysom Hill. So we'll, you know, at least see it one bounce pass during the game is all I'm hoping for from him. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not predicting beautiful and wonderful things from this upcoming game against the Saints. But I will say Saints-Falcons games often go completely off script. So you never know. Maybe, maybe this is the game where the Saints suddenly feel terrible about themselves because they lost to the Falcons. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Next voicemail. Hey guys, it's Brandon again. To start out, I just typed in the number here, and wow, the last four digits of the call-in number are two eight two three. That's twenty-eight two three. Why, why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> um, beyond that, um, Calvin Ridley. Shout out to him. Hopefully, Calvin get, gets what he needs here. Um, I kind of killed him last week, and for that, I feel bad. However, the receiver that I have a gripe with this week is Russell Gage. Russell Gage did not appear on the box score. So you, you couldn't believe that he was out, but but he was there. He, he was in the game just, just doing cardio. Couldn't even <laughs> a, a pass his way, even though there was no Ridley and pitch was doubled the whole game. Wow. Um, beyond that, uh, I, I also have a gripe here this week with, with Arthur Smith. What is Arthur Smith good at? His situational play calling is terrible and just his situational awareness, like, what were we doing at the end of the first half there? Personnel decisions, also terrible. Why does Felipe Franks keep getting in the game? That's <laughs> I mean, it's just a UDFA getting out there, running around, trying to make his football dreams come true. So no problem with him. Why is he in the game? Um, and then just, I, I don't see any plays where I think, wow, that was a great play call from Arthur Smith. Like, it seems like it's always just somebody breaking a tackle or, or Kyle Pitts being really fast. I didn't realize that we were just, just settling for somebody that's a little bit better than Cutter. I mean, oh, wow. I, I see it from Terry sometimes, but I don't know. Arthur really hasn't been impressive. We'll leave it there, guys. Cheers. Um, <laughs> so Dude, I do want to clarify. There was a lot going on in that call. There was a lot going on. I do want to clarify. Our podcast uh, number, for those who are listening, is 404-592-2823. Uh, again, that number, if you want to leave us a voicemail, is 404-592-2823. I have had people ask me if those last four digits were on purpose. And yes, I chose those numbers on purpose because we should just lean into it at this point. Um, at least that's my feeling. And you know, if I can cause another Falcon span a little bit of harm by making them call into this voicemail, well, by golly, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Matt, what do you think about that voicemail? He, he did have, he had several points, man. Uh, he did have several points. One that, um, you know, well, one that I, I definitely can't get past is Russell Gage. Um, yeah. He, so I, I will say that Russell Gage did pop up on the injury report this week, suggesting that, um, he was either hurt or he got hurt at some point during the game. But, uh, you know, he, he had a real opportunity this year to, you know, really move into, you know, prove that he's he's a starter in this league, which it looked like he, you know, looked like he should be 
close to doing um, based on his prior seasons. Uh, he's obviously starting across from Calvin Ridley and um, last week. So he's obviously starting across from uh, Calvin Ridley. He's, um, you know, he, he should have an opportunity to be pulling in, um, you know, say seven, eight targets a week, like, uh, like easy. And he, he showed a lot of talent yeah. in previous seasons. Like, it's not like, um, you know, it, it's not like when the Falcons trying to put in, um, oh no, now I'm going to blank on his name. That like six foot eight tall tight end out of Stanford who never caught a football in his life. Uh, <laughs> Levine Toilolo. Yeah, Le- Levine Toilolo, where they're just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's just going to replace Tony Gonzalez. And we're like, that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, at least with Gage. <laughs> like, they're, they're, he's shown a lot of talent. But, yeah, you, you really expected him to step up at some point, And, you know, you have not seen that. You, you would have expected that against, uh, uh, for sure, against Carolina, especially if Pitts is, Pitts is taking the Stephen Gilmore attention there. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's been quite disappointing. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's all on Gage. I think a little bit of it has to do with Matt Ryan not trusting Russell Gage as uh, at least a little bit of an in, inconsistent pass catcher. Um, but I, I, I don't know. But it, regardless, he, he was given a good opportunity this year. And so far, we haven't seen shit. Yeah, he has been really underperforming. And maybe, you know, some of that could be Arthur Smith and what he's asking the wide receivers to do. Um, but he was, uh, I love the line about he's just out there performing cardio. <laughs> like I just had this vision of him, like doing pushups on the field while the, while the play is going on. And I can't, oh, he's jazzercising on the side. <laughs> what is Russell doing? Oh my God. Explain the lack of targets. You think, you think it'd just be at least a couple errant ones of this guy, this guy's within 10 yards of me. I should just throw the ball at him. Uh, it's like a bad Adam Sandler movie, honestly. Uh, the Falcons are a bad Adam Sandler movie right now. That's what the Falcons are. Well, except in that Adam Sandler movie, they won at the end. This is the opposite. <laughs> it's really they bad. They started out bad. They, they remained bad. And then everyone hated it. That's <laughs> Oh, God help us. All right. Next voicemail. This one is uh, short and concise. Hi. Here are my thoughts on the Panthers game from Sunday. Welp, 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 welp. We have a Twitter fan here. Welp, 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 welp. I know who that is. I've already spoken with her about copyright infringement. So, yeah, she'll be hearing from our lawyers at thefalcoholic.com. <laughs> All right. beautiful, beautiful but can't uh can't disagree with anything she said no she was 100 accurate mm-hmm. um thank you melz all right next voicemail uh first off i wanted to say i appreciated the uh the time d-dub spent with me this past sunday beginning before the game early in the morning just kind of going over the pregame for the panthers game um, I kind of voiced what I was kind of nervous about, and it kind of came true. Um, you know, they ran the ball down our throats, uh, kind of reminiscent of the Mike Smith days where we just can't get a stop. Um, you know, when you know the run is coming and there's nothing you can do but kind of just hold on to the guy. Uh, definitely, definitely sad to see that. Um, but at the same time, Watching our offense become inadequate kind of reminded me of the 2013-2014 season where Ooh. 
Roddy White kind of went down, and we just had no no offense. Um, you know, I hope Calvin Ridley gets the help that he is needed. Uh, he is definitely in my prayers because, you know, I want him to be, you know, to feel better coming back to the game. But also on a football standpoint, uh, we need him. I mean, there's there's no around that, that we need Calvin Ridley on this team. And, you know, there's just so many things that I knew and a lot of the fans knew was not going to be pretty this season. Um, I guess the biggest downfall is knowing that the Panthers were 0-4 and, you know, their confidence was a little shaken. And I felt like this was the perfect opportunity for the Falcons to come out and say, you know, this is this is our game to win. But I'm pretty sure after the news about Kevin Ridley not playing today, kind of buckled this offense down where it's like, you know, we practice all week with Calvin Ridley and now he is not here. So let's, let's adjust our game plan. So at the end of the day, you know, we lost um, off to eighth week. Yes. Eighth week. I, I will not, not say, say that enough, but listen, if we can beat the Aints this week, I don't care about anything else this season, to be honest, but we can go into, what is that? Little, little Caesars and go <laughs> for 60, 60 minutes. Uh, I don't care how the rest of the season uh, you know rise up let's go Falcons. oh that last part <laughs> you know the deal for me <laughs> I, I could spend 20 minutes coming up with alternative names for that dome like it could be the jc penny's dome <sighs> oh I, I liked little caesar's <laughs> Caesar's pretty good <laughs> that, would, that would be tough to it would be tough to top. Like that's a God. That's, that's no. That, that that's a good restaurant name for for that stadium for sure. <laughs> oh man, appreciate the the voicemail. And you know what? Um, to his point, I, I feel like if we if we do beat the Saints, it will make up for a lot of the crap we put up with in that Panthers game. Uh, I, I, that, that's true. I feel like. Um, you know, not even just when we hire a new coach, but at the start of every season, like. You know, we'll typically do some sort of projections and some sort of predictions. And um, I'll usually start those predictions off at something like, I don't really care if they only win two games as long as those two games are against New Orleans. So yeah, um, if, if, if they do win, um, yeah, if, if they win on Sunday, I'm going to be glossing over a lot of the problems with this team because <laughs> I'm not going to care. I'm just, I'm going to be buzzing off of, like they, they could, <laughs> they could score zero points for the next, uh, uh, the next month, as long as they beat the Saints, I'm going to be like the Falcons fucking rule. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, like they could lose the rest of their games. And if they beat the Saints twice, that will feel like a a, a wonderful end to the season. We'll, we'll, right. we'll get some terrible Cameron Jordan uh, jokes. That guy has the courteous jokes <laughs> of all time. And it's always like, it's always like the reporter. It's like the reporter trying to like make like an eight year old like swear or something. And they're like, <laughs> Say the word. He's like, oh, I can't say. It. I'm like, come on. And then he's like, Caleb McGarry's trash. <laughs> like, that's the trap. That, at least be good at it. Like, I don't know. Like, he, he's a good player, but like off the field, Cameron Jordan is the worst. It's he's so embarrassing. So cringy. Uh, sorry, just uh, just just an aside. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like uh, Peyton's Vicodin. All right, next voicemail. 
Uh, this is Dylan from Atlanta, lifelong Falcons fan, big fan of the podcast. Glad to be talking with you guys. Um, to be honest, I, I hear a lot of outrage about a performance against the Panthers this past week. And frankly, I don't really get why people seem particularly surprised. We knew this was a bad team going into the season from a roster standpoint. We knew there would be growing, page with, growing pains rather, with a new coaching staff. Uh, and we pretty much saw everything we needed to see those first couple of weeks with the team being inconsistent at best, listless at worst. So you combine that with a, a pretty anemic environment in Mercedes-Benz Stadium this past week, and it's really it's difficult to get over kind of the fool's gold that uh, we maybe saw having beat hmm. a couple of really bad teams. So to be honest, the team hasn't really shown me anything over the last couple of weeks, and last week to me was really just no surprise. And by the way, I'm not saying that fans are necessarily to blame for not providing a good environment in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I don't really know what they expected out of us, considering that the Bears were playing later on that day and that the team hadn't necessarily been great to begin with. But football is such a game of energy where how a team comes out, how hard they're willing to hit, how fast they're able to go. I mean, everyone's trying, but you got to find that extra gear in order to get a win. And, uh, you know, when you don't have people in the stands, it's just not going to happen. So, Bad football teams, unfortunately, end up being somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, there are still some worse teams out there, and I think we'll still get a few more wins. But once again, looking like a, a somewhat a lost year, which is to be expected from this team. And hopefully we get our younger guys developed to a point where we can maybe surprise ourselves in the next couple of years. Thank you. I have to say, I listened to this voicemail. I, I screen all of our voicemails ahead of time, obviously for content purposes. But pulling um, the curtain back on this podcast... <laughs> fourth wall is broken here yeah i know we're exactly just, we're just cutting up live on these voicemails yeah right um if i did that there'd probably be fcc violations in uh but no like he hit so many good points matt and um you know his point about the stadium sort of being lifeless i, I do think the braves game contributed to that you know the braves are playing that evening uh in the world series like that's that was a big factor um but what he said about the team being inconsistent too, and and I mean he's right. Like this team has been sort of uh, erratic, and the teams they beat, uh, rightly were were not good teams. You know, we beat the Dolphins, the Jets, um, the Giants, and you know that's not exactly a murderer's row of teams. But I like also what he said. You know that it's to be expected, and maybe we can develop some of these young guys and surprise ourselves in the next year or two. So. I don't know. I, I thought he he really hit a lot of good points in that one. Uh, he, I, I think he made a lot of terrible points because uh, <laughs> the, the point should be this team is fucking shit right now and not this, okay, we have a new coaching staff, we have cap issues, we have a lot of personnel issues, what's got the old guys fired and you can't fix all of that in an off season with, you know, without being able to spend any money. That's, you know, that's a bunch of gobbledygook. We just... <laughs> <laughs> just need to play harder sometimes, and uh, you know they just didn't play hard enough. I do want to say about the stadium, though. Um, I feel like okay, so so in the old stadium, you always had the issue of people showing up late. You do have a lot of traffic. Yeah. It's still, uh, it, it, it's still Atlanta. I know I've gotten caught up in uh, security for like 20, 30 minutes outside of the stadium and missed kickoff before. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the new stadium. You do have that. You, you do have nobody there at the beginning of the game, but then you also don't really have a lot of people there at halftime and into the third and fourth quarter. Uh, 
which is a different issue. I, I feel like uh, for a little while we might have kind of conflated the two, but I, I think the PSLs have just priced out a lot of the people who are, you know, there to root for the Falcons. And instead you have, uh, um, you know, like bank account managers or something, uh, grabbing <laughs> links and uh, checking their phone during, uh, you know, when, when they should be screaming on third down or something like that. Uh, so I, I don't know how you fix that um, without a time machine, but I, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's hard to not connect some of those dots and say, uh, look, that, that stadium hasn't been as intimidating. Like you can see it, um, uh, you know, you can see when the soccer team plays, they, they, they fill the stadium, people are screaming, people are going uh, nuts. They have that home field advantage, but oh, yeah. the Falcons where you have the PSLs and um, you know, they're charging people out the wazoo to get uh um, you know, to get those tickets again, I think a lot of people said, look, this team's bad. It's been bad. They're typically pretty bad. I'm not going to give you $30,000 for the right to uh, keep paying you money for season tickets. And I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, you, you see that, you see that every week, uh, yeah. you know, every home game. Yeah. Uh, it's a fair point. And, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of people complain who were previously, you know, lifelong season ticket holders who did not buy in to Mercedes Benz because of the PSLs. Um, there's nothing we can do about that now. I think the only thing they can do to fix it is win. Like you, you've got to just put a winning product on the field now consistently. And I will say, I think some of it gets exacerbated because you see a lot of the empty seats. One of the things they did really well, which is hurting the stadium, uh, at least the appearance of the games, at least for the Falcons, is the food is cheap. The drinks are cheap. Um, and you can watch the game from uh, so many different places standing up uh, and you actually get a better view of the game than if you sit in many of the seats. And I think that becomes problematic because you want it to look like everyone's in their seats. It's a crowded stadium. And unfortunately you'll see a lot of people standing at the restaurants or they're standing on the skyway or they're standing, you know, in the, the numerous places because the stadium is so well designed that sort of hurts. Um, and I've, I've seen it myself when I've been to games where there's just a ton of people lined up on like the skyway who bought like, you know, tickets in the 300s and they knew they didn't have to sit in those seats. They could come stand and watch the game in a better spot. So, yeah, I feel like there's a whole lot. But um, to your point, uh, the only thing they're going to do to fix this, uh, unfortunately, is either invent a time machine. <sighs> God, what we would do with that. Or the time machine might be more likely than winning. <laughs> it might, be, it might be easier. <laughs> that might be easier than finding a pass rush. If, uh, if you were to invest, uh, what, $180 million a year for a couple a couple years, a decade, 15, 20 years maybe, I, I think you'd be closer to the time machine than, uh, you know, finding a pass rush ever since you cut John Abraham, which I'm still kind of mad about. What we could do is do like that really crappy movie on Netflix um, with, uh, oh, God, the, what's his name from uh, – Parks and Recreation. Um, anyhow, oh, no, the, the, the one on Amazon, I, uh, the Tomorrow War. Tomorrow, yes, yes, where the Falcons create a time machine and they go back to 2012 and bring John Abraham forward into the future. <laughs> you got way farther into that movie than I could. <laughs> I was like, "What is happening with this?" And I was like, "Chris Pratt is acting like he's like a uh, like a crash test dummy, like post." accident or something like yeah i don't know i don't know yeah. i don't know what happened in that movie anymore but it, it was I, I do think this idea of getting a 2012 john abraham back 
Yes, that that is that that should be the only takeaway. Is okay. we're going to create the time machine and go bring forward to to the future to the present John Abraham from 2012 because he was a monster. Just, just don't make Rich McKay responsible for managing that because <laughs> it's never going to get done. Oh God! <laughs> All right, um, next voicemail. Ne- next and final voicemail. Um, for those who listen, you know who this is. It's the. Matt Ryan had an alert. Matt Ryan had an alert. Matt Ryan had an alert. Wow. Lots of unexpected and confusion happening around the league right now. Am I right? Boy, Matt's worst game performance this season, even over the Eagles game, or about similar, throwing 146 yards, one touchdown, two picks, that this week was his fault. Staring down Hayden Hurst and KP, it just looked like he was throwing to someone that wasn't even there. <laughs> you were winning me over, Matt. Come on now. Three sacks, hit about nine times, hand gushing blood and shit. Like, <laughs> what was the timeout? Why wasn't it called at that point? Anybody? God. But, hey, not too much help in the pass blocking either. I mean, so what can you really do? Like, the team forgot the game plan or something. And guess we don't like playing in our own damn house either. Like, <laughs> I'm not excited to go to a game. I mean, but I still go. It's like a husband coming home to his wife hoping he gets lucky. But you will still go? Just imagine how the season ticket holders feeling right right now. <laughs> and the fantasy league. <sighs> I miss the Georgia Dome. I really do. But the net net of it is they couldn't make the beginning of the game adjustments. Finger under chin emoji, raise eyebrows emoji, <laughs> and the halftime adjustment. Full of number two and number three small ass receivers. Ain't nobody threatened by these guys like that. And what the hell is Frank Darby, man? Might as well. Hell. But defense to me was for the most part of good. Though, yeah, they were running all over and straight through Tyler Davidson ass most of the game. Them trenches, boy, I tell you. But the D gave the offense plenty of opportunity and times to take the lead in this game. Good field position on the turnover held them to only one touchdown, 19 points. What more can you ask from a bad defense that holds a team under 20 points? when we know we're capable of putting up at least 24. Anywho, thank you guys. Hopefully by the time this is played back, the Braves are the world champs and give our city something to be excited about. Oh, go Braves. <laughs> I'm so glad it worked out with the Braves. <laughs> At least we got the Braves. Yeah. Oh, we are happy about the Might Braves. Be the best way to conclude this, the, the, the Braves did it. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, uh, Matt Ryan Handler is always uh, one of the best parts of these podcasts. <laughs> and uh, you know, he wasn't wrong. Matt Ryan had a bad day. I think Ryan would admit that, but I completely forgot until he, uh, brought it back up when Ryan got his hand cut. That was gnarly. And I remember a lot of people asking, why aren't they like calling a timeout and trying to get him patched up? But did we ever hear anything on that? I don't remember that they ever addressed it. 
Uh, I don't think so. Uh, he, he's not even listed on the injury report. Um, yeah, he, he's most certainly not on the injury report. So it might have just looked worse than it was. I know he got stepped on, so um, not non-throwing hand, luckily, uh, considering our backups. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it seems like he's he, he's fine. He shouldn't be limited or anything. Again, non-throwing hand, so maybe he just can't yeah. stiff arm anybody. No, uh, no, no Heisman moves <laughs> or anything in the next uh, few weeks, but – he should, should be fine. Oh, man. And on that note, uh, as he said, uh, congratulations to all of our listeners who are Braves fans. Uh, you do have a championship to celebrate this year. Um, it will probably be the only one. Uh, we'll see. The savor Hawks. The Hawks. It. What's that? Oh, I said savor it. Savor oh, that championship. Yeah, savor it. Try to savor it for as long as possible. <laughs> like that. Okay, last... How are the Hawks playing? I, I, I haven't. Uh... Eh, they're off to a slow start, but they'll be fine. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's Atlanta. Like you kind of expect. So, so savor it, savor it. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and that wraps it up. So again, thanks everyone uh, who called in. We really appreciate these voicemails. Um, I do find it funny that you guys call at like double the volume after a loss as opposed to a win. <laughs> For those who do want to call in in the future. Again, that podcast voicemail line is 404-592-2823, 404-592-2823. Um, Matt, on that note, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Hey, uh, you can find me at Alcoholic Matt on Twitter. Uh, I'm certain to have some sort of nonsense either there or uh, on the Falcoholic fire before, uh, you know, Sunday's kickoff against the Saints. I don't know what we're doing, but sure, it'll be wacky. <laughs> undoubtedly um all right as for me guys you can follow me on twitter at falcoholic dw updates for this podcast at falcoholic pod and of course our articles daily at the falcoholic.com so for matt chambers this is david walker thank you guys for listening in we'll talk with you next time